have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. A state which will live in infamy. If we don't stand up now, we can kiss the country goodbye. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall never surrender. My prepper brothers and sisters, you arrived at the bunker. Grab a cup of joe, a stout tea, or maybe your favorite adult beverage. This is the prepper's place for open discussion on whatever the hell we want, brought to you whatever the hell way we want. This is the new format of the OGTX Bunker, a prepper survivalist show. So sit down, kick back, post up, relax, and welcome to the bunker. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Military industrial complex. And we as a people will get to the promised land. We will make America strong again, proud again, safe again. We will make This is the OGTX Bunker. We are your hosts, Rhonda and Keith. Message us at speakpipe.com forward slash OGTX. Email us at shtf at offgridtx.com. Visit us at OGTXBunker.com. Welcome to the show and thank you once again for joining us on our Prepper Survivalist journey. So as we come to the end of Season 3 of the OGTX Bunker, we decided that we'll be mixing in replays of our most popular episodes so that you guys get a solid weekly show filled with informative entertainment that also helps boost listenership, which is always a good thing for any podcast. The new season of the OG Chicks Bunker begins January 2nd, 2023, and we have some very cool things lined up for you guys in the new year, including some special guests from the Prepper Survivalist community and our first ever live show where you guys will get to interact and be involved in the show live while it's happening. So let's get to it. Here's a fan favorite for you to enjoy. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show. I'm your host, Camel Keith. If you have any questions or comments on show topics past and future, contact us at shtf at offgridtx.com. All right, guys, let's jump right into this. <clears throat> We're going to be talking about fear tonight. 
Hold on, let me get a drink of my coffee before we start. So fear. Yeah, it's real. Can we recognize it? Can we identify it? Can we tell when and if fear has control over us? Can we fight it? Should we fight it? Now, fear comes in many forms. It can be identified by different names. It can be categorized into different types. Now, fear can be confusing, devastating, powerful. Do you fear dogs? Or do you fear that dog? Do you fear that dog because of how it looks or how it's looking at you? Do you fear what may happen to you if that dog attacks? And if that dog doesn't attack, was your fear justified, warranted? Did your fear of that dog that never attacked change your life in that moment? Did it control your thoughts? Was that fear helpful and positive? Was it negative? Was it the right time to fear or the wrong time? What if that misunderstood dog that was never going to attack you in the first place was provoked by your fear and reacted by attacking you first? You, know, then when you have to ask yourself, did my fear help me or hurt me? Many years ago, I joined a prepper group. It was my first prepper group. You know, there's a, it's a, a group of like-minded folks that I met online and you know, then we met in person. And then we ultimately worked with, you know, on prepping goals and strategies and such. We got together for about a year or so. Our very first meeting was set up in a local chain hotel. And this would be the first time that we all met in person. And I was, you know, admittedly a bit nervous. You know, and not knowing what to expect, I allowed the popular doomsday prepper stereotype, you know, fill my head with fear and concern um, about what I was walking into. So I opened the door to the conference room and, well, I was pleasantly shocked. Now, there was a table to my right with name tags on it, mine included, you know, and a sign-in sheet on a clipboard, you know, filled out with names and numbers and email addresses, all very legit. The room was bright. It was welcoming. There was an aroma of home-cooked meals and treats coming from the huge buffet table. And scattered about the room were small groups of friendly-faced people engaged in conversations. Now, this was not what I expected at all. I mean... Where were all the anti-government doomsday apocalyptic scary extremists that uh, you know the national or the the Nat Geo channel portrayed on their show? You know, instead of like fist in the air radicals, I found completely normal everyday people enjoying each other's company. You know, instead of a doomsday prepper survivalist meetup, I found a cross between a, a business conference and a backyard family gathering. Really cool and fun. The organizer of the group stood up and told us all about himself, his family, his mindset, his goals, and he asked everybody else to do the same, you know, sort of a go around the table kind of thing. And we did one by one, standing up, introducing ourselves, telling our, our own individual stories, me included. And as I sat and I listened to each person go on about what pushed them into prepping, I realized something. I realized that many of the preppers in that room were driven to that room by fear, influenced by fear. Most of their stories had a fear factor involved. Some of the people there were successful types, you know, like with great incomes, big houses, dressed for success kind of folks, you know, but most were normal, everyday folks like me, lots of different ages and colors and backgrounds, but all were kindred in their path to preparedness. They all, for the most part, became preppers out of fear. 
I started thinking to myself, asking, is this really what prepping was all about? Are the naysayers and critics of the prepping movement correct and fair in their evaluation of us? Could they be right? We see all the time fictional representations on TV shows and in the movies. You've all seen this in movies and shows. All the time it happens. Okay. You got these groups. They're they're set out in the woods, you know, or on some hideaway property somewhere. You know, they're acting suspicious with armed camo wearing guards manning the gate at some you know dirt road entrance into their compound. They portray these folks as seedy characters engaged in illegal activities and crimes. And they always reference them as militants or a militia group, you know, or anti-government group, that sort of thing. And this bugs the crap out of me. You know, they can't just be normal, ordinary criminals. They have to be a militia, as if militia is a bad word. Look it up. It's not. You know, then there's the non-fictional, real-life events that we see brought on by some fringe, radicalized members of, let's say, the Patriot Movement. Okay, a lot of them come from the Patriot Movement. You know, and the leftist mainstream media who, you know, despise the thought of the Patriot Movement, they're quick to display them on primetime news. You know, events like the Bundy standoff, the uh, uh, Mailer Mailer Wildlife Center occupation, Ruby Ridge, Waco, the Oklahoma City bombing. And these were all manufactured, you know, in the most part by radicalized fringe members of the Patriot Movement. So it seems to many of us preppers that they are merging or associating the prepper movement with the Patriot Movement. And that's just not fair. It's not accurate. Okay. It's a straight blatant fabrication by the left wing to throw us all into the crazy pot. Right wing extremist, throw them in the pot. Pro-gun enthusiast, throw them in the pot. Constitutionalist, throw them in. Prepper survivalist, get him in the pot. Get him in there. And it's from this crazy pot that the rest of the world sees us. They see us as crazy nutters, extremists. They see us as people living in fear. It's why it's so hard to convert our friends and our family to becoming preppers. And it's the number one reason why 80% of Americans will die within the first year after an EMP attack. It's also why years after the destruction of Hurricane Sandy and Katrina, victims are still struggling to live on government help. And folks, It'll be the reason our great country falls when World War III begins. Okay, so my prepper brothers and sisters, we're talking about fear. Are we preppers fearful people? Do we live our lives in fear? Does that fear rule us, control us? Well, the answer is perfectly clear. Yes and no. No Of course, we don't live in fear. No, we don't wake up every morning stress over what may happen sometime in the future. And no, we don't have nightmares about Tiatwaki. Okay, for those of you who don't know what Tiatwaki is, it's a popular prepper acronym for the end of the world as we know it. Tiatwaki. T-E-O-T-W-A-W-K-I. Yet still, the answer is also yes. Fear is the focus for the beginning of every preparedness plan. Fear does drive preppers. It drives all people of all sorts, not just preppers. Fear, if used properly, can be the greatest of motivators. It can save your life, keep you out of harm's way, even make you rich. 
In some ways, fear is what keeps some people from becoming preppers. There are certainly people out there who would like to begin the life of preparedness, but don't out of fear of ridicule, out of fear of embarrassment, being made fun of, being labeled. But more importantly, I want to talk about a fear known as cognitive dissonance. Now, I know that cognitive dissonance isn't fear, but I definitely think that fear has a part to play in it. Okay, now cognitive dissonance can be confusing and hard to understand. It's also hard to explain, okay, but I'm going to try to explain it uh, because I, because in a lot of ways, it's a form of fear existing deep down inside your mind, doing its worst to protect you. And ultimately, it can destroy you. Now, here's the encyclopedia version of cognitive dissonance. I'm going to keep it short because I know it's, it's deeply confusing. So just bear with me for just a second, okay? This is important. In the field of psychology, cognitive dissonance occurs when a person holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or behaviors and experiences psychological stress because of that. When two actions or ideas are not psychologically consistent with each other, people will do all in their power to change them until they become consistent. The discomfort is triggered by the person's belief, clashing with the new evidence perceived. Their mind tries to find a way to resolve the contradiction and reduce their discomfort. Human beings strive for internal psychological consistency to function mentally in the real world. A person who experiences internal inconsistency tends to become psychologically uncomfortable and is motivated to reduce this cognitive dissonance. They tend to make changes to justify the stressful behavior, either by changing their reality or by avoiding their reality altogether. Now, did I lose you? No? Okay. Let me explain with an example of cognitive dissonance in real everyday life terms. A person smokes cigarettes. This is behavior. That person knows that smoking can kill them. This is cognition. That person is in a state of cognitive dissonance. This causes mental discomfort. To alleviate the mental discomfort, the person subconsciously changes the reality of the facts. Cigarettes will not kill them. The cognitive dissonance is relieved, and they didn't even know that it happened. Now, the facts haven't changed. The only thing that changed was their perceived reality. That's the problem with cognitive dissonance. And a lot of people out there in the world do it. This happens to people in SHTF situations as well. They're seeing or experiencing something that they just can't believe. So their subconscious mind changes what they're actually seeing or experiencing to alleviate the mental discomfort. This behavior is the brain's way of correcting the fear within. Okay, but let's consider this. Prepper survivalists know all too well that it's the fear within that keeps us alive in an SHTF situation. You live in the suburbs. Row of houses with front lawns and friendly neighbors. Okay, your biggest nightmare is probably the traffic in the school zones that you have to drive through, that you have to worm your way through to get home from work each day. Okay, you're enjoying your life of pulling weeds in the garden, watching Monday night football, and taking a nap in the hammock out back. On TV, the emergency broadcast center pipes in warnings of an approaching storm. This one's going to be bad, they report. Heavy rains, possible tornadoes, severe flooding. You wake the next day, the power is out, the storm still going strong, and the streets are flooding. You've never seen a storm like this. You've never seen your neighborhood like this, underwater. And even though the water is rising and creeping closer to your front door, your brain undermines you, convinces you that it's not going to happen. 
And like a parent calming their child, your mind tells you, it's going to be all right. We're all fine. Your mind was experiencing cognitive dissonance. And it told you that you were going to be okay, that all was fine. Now, in my household, when we're warned of a pending storm, we spring into action, driven by our friend, fear. Cell phones go directly on the charger. TVs get turned to the local weather. We gather and centralize our flashlights, blankets, firearms, hats, coats, boots, and we fill containers of tap water to store in the fridge to prepare for bugging in. We keep our bug out bags, bottled water, and car keys handy for bugging out. We send out texts to our friends and family who may be in the path of the storm to get them prepared. This whole process for us as preppers takes about five minutes. Some may say that this is crazy. We disagree. Some may say that this is fear controlling us. Nope. This is fear guiding us. Some will ask, how can you live that way? Preppers will always reply, how can you not? You see, the logic is lost on these folks, unfortunately. But our logic is clear and simple. We prep to survive. We live to thrive. And this allows us to use fear as a tool. Fear becomes part of our kit. Fear becomes our weapon. There's a great book everyone should read. It's called One Second After, written by New York Times bestselling author, William R. Forshen. Read that book and you will become a prepper. I guarantee it. One Second After has been cited on the floor of the U.S. Congress as a book all Americans should read. It's a book being discussed at the Pentagon because it's a truly realistic look at imminent SHTF. It's widely available, so pick it up. You'll love it. Folks, listen. Don't allow fear to control you. Let it guide you. Don't allow fear to crush you, restrain you, or hold you back. Instead, learn how fear can enable you, give you strength. Never let fear of an uncertain future consume you. Rein it in. Mold it to fit your needs. Throw it in your kit and unleash it when it's necessary. Because uncontrolled fear does not do us any good. It doesn't. Create confidence and calmness out of fear, and you will thrive. Remember how that dog reacted to your fear. You know, she may have just wanted to play fetch. Guys, thanks for listening. Have a happy new year and good night. The OG Chicks team would like to thank all of you for being here with us tonight. Send your comments, questions, show ideas, and thoughts to shtf at offgridtx.com. We'd love to hear from you, good, bad, or indifferent. shtf at offgridtx.com. Visit our site, offgridtx.com. That's offgridtx.com. I am Campbell Keith. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show. We are Off Grid Texas, prepping, surviving, living, thriving.